Welcome to the Life & Law Podcast. I'm Heather Mulder, former AmLaw 100 partner turned lawyer coach who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. But I was determined not to become yet another lawyer burnout statistic. And so I redefined success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I now help purpose-driven lawyers confidently retake control of their careers and create their next level of success and impact. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Hello, hello. This is Heather Mulder, host of the Life in Law Podcast, and welcome to today's episode. So I got a question for you. What is it that you really want? Like really? Out of your career? out of your life, the goals that you've set this year? What's coming to mind when I ask that question? So we've been talking a lot about goal achievement, about proper goal planning, about how to take practical steps to achieve the things that you want. And it's all been very action-oriented, right? With very specific steps or rules or frameworks to follow. And then also very specific things for what not to do as well. And if you've missed any of those episodes, do go back and listen to them. If uh, really creating great goals that lead to more happiness and fulfillment, lead to more success in both career and life are something that light you up and you actually want to achieve them. But today... We're not getting into so much of this practical step-by-step. I think we've covered it enough. (laughs) I want to step back and really have you re-examine, you know, what is it that you really want and how are you going to make those things an actual reality? Not from a do this, take the next step, action-oriented perspective, but instead from within. Now, let me be clear. When I say how to make what you want a reality, I don't necessarily mean that you're going to go out and achieve every single thing you set as a goal. Make every single thing you want actually happen. You might not, you probably won't actually make it all happen because that's just not how life works. (laughs) It might sound harsh, but it is true because you don't have control over everything, right? You don't have control over circumstances often, and frankly, you very rarely even have control of your actual outcome, no matter what you put into it. And it's important to note that something will happen this year that's going to get in your way, something that's unexpected and out of your control. That's just life. It's up to you to accept that, be honest about it, so that you can overcome whatever it is and move forward regardless. Because the truth is this. You can either see these things as challenges to be solved or as unyielding obstacles that shut you down. That is your choice. 
And when you see these things, these unexpected events and circumstances that are totally outside of your control, as challenges that create a quest for solving or an interesting thing to noodle on and figure out how to get around as best you can, if you see them that way, you are going to be much more successful in your endeavors, in getting what you want, in life in general, than if you see them as unyielding obstacles that kind of shut you down and you just can't do anything about. Because that's when you cede any control you do have over to other people and to those circumstances, okay? And so really that's what we're getting at today. It's how to re-examine a couple of things. A couple of things that I see get in people's way so that you can truly make as much as you can a reality and frankly really start redefining what success means to you because I would argue that success isn't about achieving every goal. Success is more about Going after the things you want as best you can, putting forth your best effort, being happy and content with that, and allowing whatever to happen, happen, and then learning from it and using that to move forward. And not allowing circumstances and events that are out of your control or mistakes and failures to stop you from continually learning and getting back up and trying to make your life, your career, everything better moving forward. That, to me, is a successful life. And frankly, that is a mentality that brings a lot more fulfillment and happiness, which is what I want for you this year and beyond. Okay, so we're going to get into three things that I want you to re-examine this year that are going to help make this year a success so that you can get the things you want, better achieve your goals, and also be that happier, more fulfilled person. And these are based on things that I see get in people's way so, so much. So thing number one, I want you to re-examine what you can and cannot control so that you take control of the things that you can and let go of worrying about the things that you can't. So I've talked about this before. E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. There's an event that happens. There's a response as a result of the event. Those two combined equal the actual outcome. You do not have control over the event oftentimes. Those are the unexpected things like COVID that happen that you just have no control over. Sometimes you may have had some input that led to the event. But once the event occurs, you can't go back and change it. So the event has happened. You That's outside of your control at this point. What is in your control is your response. How do you choose to respond to what has occurred? And those two things create an outcome, right? Create a ripple effect that then affects your future. That's where the control is. And so when I talk about challenges to be solved, not something that shuts you down. That is the mentality that you need to fully take control over you, over how you respond to these things so that you can influence the outcome to the best of your ability in your favor. So what are specific things 
that I'm talking about here. These are the mindset blocks that we have. The things that make us say, well, that's impossible. Things are different for me than them. Oh, that's just too much. Too many changes. Can't do it. It's impossible because circumstances have changed and it's just totally thrown my plans into a tailwind. And I can't do it. Is that really true? I want you to get really familiar (laughs) with asking, okay, is that really true? How is that not? So when these mental blocks, these excuses, honestly, come up in your head, it's important to understand that that is a normal thing that happens within our brains. To say, whoop, 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 stop. Everything's changed. It's a mess. Things are happening. You have no control over them. To get you to start thinking. And you have a choice in that moment. You can allow that voice to take over and allow it to shut you down. Or you can say, okay, wait. Let's be reasonable here. This is where you befriend that inner voice and say, okay, I get that things have changed. I get that things kind of suck right now. And this was unexpected. And this throws a wrench in my plans. But is it really true that it's impossible now? That they're so different? That it's just too many things have happened? Can't get what I want? Is that really true? Probably not. How might that not be the case? How might this be just a new interesting puzzle to solve or a challenge that I can like figure out a way around? Might be different. Might have to change my plans a little bit. How might I do that? Open up to the possibility and start asking those questions. Because a curious thing happens when we start asking questions like this. Our mind wants to solve them. So understand how the psychology of that works so that you can counter that voice. Talk to it. I've talked about this before. I'll link to the episode where we talked about befriending that inner critic um, and dealing with those uncomfortable feelings. This is a similar thing here. Befriend that inner critic. Talk to it and say, whoa, I get what you're saying, but... Remember, that voice is kind of the negative Nelly that you ha- you're supposed to counteract. So let me give you an example of this in real life, okay? So you probably already know this, <laughs> but I do business development coaching both one-on-one and also through a, a mastermind. And a mastermind is a, uh, a group, basically. It's an amazing group of people who meet regularly for um, goal achievement. Usually there are similar goals. This one is for business building for growing their book of business. It's where we get together, we brainstorm, we solve problems, we support one another. And a well-run mastermind, the whole point of it is to help you make leaps and bounds, go farther than you would on your own. And if you're interested in learning more about what a mastermind is and how you might form your own, I actually have an episode on that. So I'll link to it in the show notes in the event you're interested. But That's not important right now. What is important is my mastermind, the whole purpose uh, was to help lawyers to grow their book of business. And I first launched it back in February of 2020. (laughs) Now think back to when that was. Our first meetings took place pre-pandemic. And there were big goals, okay? Big business building goals that they all had for the year. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit and everything shut down. Our second month of meetings looked very different than the first month did. It's like 
The ground had been pulled from underneath them in an instant. And frankly, it was for me too. Because y'all, I make big promises. I go all in on my clients. I hold their vision for their practice, right? Which is scary. And COVID made that even scarier because we had all these questions. Okay, how is this going to work given the shutdown? What can they really do? As you know, you got to know, either as a private practice attorney or even if you're in-house, most of our client development has traditionally been done in person. Networking in person. Speaking at conferences and professional association meetings in person. Inviting clients and prospective clients to lunch, dinner, happy hour events all in person. Now, not everything is done in person. You can pick up the phone and talk to people. We write articles, you know, but all of the in-person stuff felt like it was taken away overnight. And then there was also that fear around, well, what would the shutdown do for legal work? Would it make clients less likely to reach out? What would happen to their ability to pay? So there was this massive fear at the beginning and this unknown and so <laughs> our first group meeting post-shutdown, we all kind of looked a little like we'd hit a brick wall and couldn't fathom how to get back up. But here's the thing, y'all. We didn't stay down. Here's what we did. We all talked about, okay, what was and how this impacted it. We admitted how we felt. We had a whole day of, okay, this sucks. And it's thrown a wrench in our plans. But it's time to start figuring out how to move forward. And we started to move on very quickly. We brainstormed new ways for business development, how to tweak our plans, how to change the strategies around a little bit. The same went for my one-to-one clients. We just didn't do it in a group setting. So instead of seeing the shutdown and the inability to network in person for the foreseeable future at that point, as something that could not be overcome, we instead decided to view it as a challenge to be solved. How might we solve this problem? What could we do differently? What opportunities were presented? These are the things that our minds started working on. And guess what? They worked. Their results blew my mind. I had one attorney um, who I was actually working with one-on-one grow their business by over 100000 during that year. I had one of my mastermind participants grow it over 200000 I had a client start a new side business. That's Jim Chester, by the way, who I previously interviewed on this podcast. And I highly recommend you go back and listen to it if you didn't. It's one of my most popular episodes for good reason. Jim is a wonderful person to learn from. I had a client who realized that their industry – had been slowing down and it was now dead for a long while because of the pandemic. So they pivoted their practice, which is a really hard thing. There's got to be people out there who've done that, right? I had to do that after the 2008 financial crisis. It's super hard to do, but she did it. And she learned, you know, how to utilize her unique strengths. She's unbelievable in collaborating and identifying great groups of people or the right people that fit together as a good collaborative group. She did it that way. It was so successful that I was brave enough to launch my second mastermind in early 2021. Even though the legal landscape was still rapidly changing and uncertain, people still weren't doing a whole lot of in-person stuff at that point. And yes, my clients outside of the box thinking and results again blew my mind. So here's the lesson, y'all. Your success 
is more about what you put in than what's going on in the world. Let me say that again. Your success is more about what you put in than what's going on in the world. And that's all going to start with your perspective. Do not let unexpected events stop you. Note, I am about to launch another round of my mastermind. So if these type of results that I mentioned are what you want this year, then stick around to the end of the podcast and I will let you in on how to apply. So number one was to re-examine your perspective around what you can and cannot control so that you fully take control over the things you can and let go of worrying of all the things you can't. And again, what's so important is to really view these unexpected events and challenges as actual problems to be solved, things to get around. Ask good questions. Okay, number two. This is a huge one, y'all. So listen up. Re-examine your perspective around time. The way we humans tend to perceive time messes us up, I think. I see this all the time. We look at it as something we have. We look at it as a gift. We look at it as something we spend. I don't want you to look at it that way. You don't actually spend time. You can't get more back. You don't save it. And it's not given to you as a gift. Stop thinking of time in that way. Your time is yours. No one else gives it to you or gives you permission with how to use your time. You and only you should determine what you choose to do with your time. Because here's the thing, and here's really the perspective shift that I want you to take on. Your life is time. Think about what that means to you. Your life is time. And you don't know how much of it you actually have. This is something that really hit me hard when I had cancer. And I stepped back and I got reflective over my achievements to date, my role as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, who I was, what people would say about me, and how quickly time seems to just pass on by and how easily we allow it to just kind of go and just kind of flow through the day without being very intentional about how we're utilizing our time. Your life is time. Take control of it, okay? Taking control of your time is how to take control of your life. This shift in perspective is what gives you permission. It's what empowers you to say no to the things that aren't priorities. To prioritize the things you want to be doing. Meaning the things that matter to you. The things that push your goals and your big picture vision for how you want your life to be and how, you know, who you want to be as a human. How you push those forward. It's what makes prioritizing real priorities easy. So that's what this perspective does for you. It's a lot of things. Which basically means you're going to be more productive. 
and efficient, which I know is important to a lot of lawyers, but you're also going to be happier and more fulfilled. And we touch a bit on this concept, as well as some other things, in my podcast episode around how to have a more productive mindset. So if you haven't listened to that, I do recommend that, and I will put it into the show notes as well. Okay, so first you re-examine what you do and don't have control over, right? Second, you re-examine how you view time, change your perspective. Your life is time. Third, I want you, and this is the final one, I want you to re-examine your perspective on how you measure success. So what metrics are you currently tracking when it comes to your goals? This is a good way to get started. And this is probably the best way for me to help you understand what I mean by this. So we've already gone through when we went through goal setting that goals need to be measurable, right? But are you looking at all the right things? Are you looking at enough of the things that could be metrics of measurement? So let me give you some examples. Let's say you're a private practice attorney who wants to grow your business, okay? Focusing too much on billables can hurt, right? This is something I learned and practically every new partner learns when you first become partner. You've got to stop obsessing as much about billables and start looking primarily at originations. Because with originations come more billables anyway, and originations are much more important at that point for how you're paid, what your firm is really looking at, what they care about. Doesn't mean billables go away. Doesn't mean you don't care at all, but they're a much smaller piece of the puzzle. Let's go to another one. Let's say that you have a goal to lose weight this year or get in better shape. And the easiest way to measure that is from the scale, right? But is that really the only metric that you should be looking at or even the best one? There are other metrics to think about. How you look, like your muscle tone, right? Your flexibility, your strength, um, how your progress on how long you can do some cardio, right? How far you go if you're running. How you fit into your clothes. Are they a better fit as you go because your body changes? You may not actually be losing weight. Sometimes you actually gain it when you first gain muscle, by the way. And so, but you still are getting into better shape. So how else should you be measuring your success on these types of things? It's not always just about the hard dollar signs or the obvious numbers. There are other metrics to track. Let me give you another example. Let's say you're in-house and you are wanting to be promoted into an executive leadership position and you feel like you're on track, but there are some things that you know you need to do better, right? This isn't just about the hard numbers. There's usually some metrics that are harder, but oftentimes there's the soft skills that we talk about, right? The intangibles, How do you communicate? Are you clear in your communication? What's your emotional intelligence? What's your EQ score? You know, how do others perceive you? How do you relate to other people? Are you able to intuitively sense when things are going off and pivot? Or are you not and do you need to work on those types of things? How are your relationships with your team, with other people, with people you would be leading? right? All of these things matter. And they're actually more measurable than you think. They're not measurable in the same way, but you can still figure them out. So for example, I do 360 style reviews. 
not the 360 review everybody says. It's my own. But it's a 360 style review for uh, attorneys. And I had a client who came to me wanting to grow her business, right? But (laughs) what became clear as we started working together is a lot of what was getting in her way was her stress levels were really high, and it was kind of taking her mentally down a bad path where she would get distracted, where she would get more emotional, um, she would have trouble with her team then, and although she had a pretty good relationship with her team, when she got really stressed, it got frayed. And then it would impact them. It would impact her communication with them. They wouldn't necessarily understand what it was she was saying, clearly. Then they wouldn't do exactly what she wanted, and then she would get upset. It was like this horrible ripple effect, right? But that was hard to diagnose. When you're just in one-on-one coaching, that's not always obvious that that's truly what's going on. But we had a sense that there was more. And so she was open to doing a 360-style review, which we did, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's basically you go out to the people who work with you and they answer a bunch of questions about your listening skills, your communication skills, your, you know, how they perceive you, the good and the bad. <laughs> you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when it came back, it became very clear what she did need to work on. That it was a lot of her stress was leading to emotional reactivity, which was leading to not great communication skills, which was breaking down in the listening. And so it was like the snowball effect. But it gave us a clear plan of action. And she was able to then over the course of the next year massively change that. And she's a different person. She's a different team leader now. You can measure these things. But you need to be open to what they are so that you can identify, well, what are these things and how can I measure them? And sometimes measurement, when it comes to like these type of soft skills that we're talking about, means going to other people, asking tough questions, listening to their feedback, taking it in, okay? So today's episode was really meant to help you re-examine how you go about achieving your big goals, not just for this year, but really creating the life and the career you want. Asking, what do I really want? What mental shifts do I need to make to ensure that happens? And it's really important that you really ask yourself, okay, what am I willing to change? What am I willing to do differently so that I can create that? This is about how you take ownership for you, for your life, for your input, for the results that you can create by your action or inaction. And I really hope that you got a lot out of this. As promised, if you are a partner or of counsel in private practice looking to grow or build your book of business, or maybe even pivot your practice into a new area, then I invite you to check out Elevate, my attorney business building mastermind. Here's the thing. I cannot promise your exact results. But what I can promise you is I bring 100% to the table. Now, unvarnished truth here, not the coach for everybody. (laughs) You've probably figured this out by now. I'm blunt. I give out plenty of tough love and I expect you to come prepared. My client Monica calls it a cut to the chase, no nonsense approach that makes things happen. But that is also why my clients do get their results. Things like increasing their revenues by one in 200,000, starting that new side business, getting to over a million in originations. Here's the common thread. Come prepared to work, 
be open to trying new things, refuse to give up. So whether you are an experienced partner wanting to get to the next level of your business or maybe expand into or pivot into a new area, or a young partner looking to start building your own book, or you're enough counsel trying to be promoted to partner, Elevate was designed specifically for you. Now, I'm just now opening up applications for my next round. So if that sounds intriguing at all, see my link in the show notes for more information and to apply. Note, this is an application-only process. Not everybody's going to be a good fit. The group dynamics are really important, and I want to ensure that you feel it's the right fit for you. So this is your chance to apply, ask me whatever questions you have, and get uh, the information you need. Okay, that is it, folks. That is it for this week. Next week, I'm going to share my biggest lessons learned last year in 2021, and how to take those and apply them so that we can supercharge your 2022 results. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life and Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life and Law, including the Life and Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.